Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Mimiverse Monthly Audiocast. I am your host, writer-director Christopher R. Mim, and I have to ask, are you there? Are you listening? I hope so, because we got a cool show for you this month. Something a little bit different, but also we're getting ramped up here to release, finally, another Mimiverse movie. We haven't released one since April 2019. We were supposed to release one in April 2020, but, you know, 2020 sucks. And uh, 2020. The Phantom Lake Kids in The Unseen Invasion is complete. 100%. Trailer's out there. I'm sure you've seen it already. The poster's out there, and I gotta say, it's one of my favorite poster designs I've ever done. Which is awesome, too, because, like, usually I have an idea in my head of what I want a poster to look like. But with this one, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with it. So it was pretty cool that it came together literally in one night, and I really like how it looks. It looks cool. So yeah, poster's done, movie's done. I've watched it several times. I think it's hilarious, and I love it. And I added something really fun at the beginning of it that's different, and I'm not even going to tell you what it is, but it's it's part of the movie itself. So yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. So that's done, and it will be released digitally on December 23rd on Vimeo. Go to SayEuphoria.com. Sign up for the newsletter if you haven't, which would be strange if you listen to this but not read the newsletter. All the details you'll need will be available in multiple places in time. December 23rd is when it comes available. It's not going to be just like one live event like we've done in the past with the live premieres. It's not just going to be you know, we do an event and either you're there when it happens or you're not. It's not that. There's going to be a release window for a very special edition of the film that will include a bunch of extra stuff. And this version will be able to be streamed on Vimeo, which the Mimiverse has its own Vimeo on-demand portal that has all the movies there. And actually all the Vimeo VOD files feed the video for the Roku channel, so it's all connected. This will stream exclusively on Vimeo for just over two weeks. December 23rd is when it will become available, and you basically you have to rent it. It will not be free unless you paid for world premiere tickets to the Unseen Invasion. When we started doing this, we thought maybe this would be over and we could do like a normal world premiere. Obviously not. If you paid up front, you will get a code that gives you basically a free rental. Because you've already, in essence, prepaid for the rental. And if everything eventually calms down at some point, I would really like to do a live physical media release party for the movie. I'm not sure when the physical media will actually be available. So I'd love to do like a party. But again, all of that's going to be dependent on what the hell is happening in the world. I'm recording this days from the 2020 U.S. presidential election, which in one timeline, it's going to go to hell. Other timeline, everything's going to be great. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm trying to get this out before Tuesday when everything potentially goes insane because it's 2020. Why not? Right? Did you vote? I hope you voted. If not, go vote. Come on. Why would you not vote? I mean, come on. Vote. Vote. So, The Phantom Lake Kids in the Unseen Invasion will be released digitally on December 23rd. 
and a special premiere version, which will include exclusive content you will not see anywhere else and only for a small window of time. After that small window closes in the early days of 2021, you will still be able to rent the movie, but it will not be that cool version. It'll just be the movie. So if you want to wait a few weeks and just see the movie, you can do that. But I highly recommend instead you check out the cool premiere version because it's going to be fun. So that's it. The movie's done. Watch the trailer. Find it on YouTube or on the Facebooks. Join us on December 23rd or really any time after that during the holiday season. Checking out the cool movie that we spent a lot of time making and a lot of energy and, and had a really good time. That is very much a time capsule of this year and will forever be that. So here's the thing. Usually I have this timeline I follow with every movie. The writing, filming, editing, post-production, cutting a trailer and making a poster and, and authoring physical media and all these things that go into releasing a movie. Well, because I have not yet released a movie yet this year and it's killing me a little bit because, um, I mean, I've released a movie every single year for 15 years and I'm not going to let the stupid pandemic stop me from keeping that tradition. However, I have to mix it up a little bit which means that I've done all of the stages except the authoring stage. And I will just be releasing this movie digitally and then doing the physical media authoring and releasing, you know, DVD and Blu-ray early next year. It's just mixing things up a little bit. And that's okay. When conditions on the ground shift, we are adjusting. That is what we're doing. And the Mimiverse will continue. And the beautiful thing is, is I have this movie, The Unseen Invasion, ready to go, and you'll see it this year. And I already have the next one done and ready to go whenever it's safe. And honestly, if it just doesn't look like it's going to be safe next year, I will end up releasing The Beast Walks Among Us the same way I'm releasing The Unseen Invasion. And we'll just figure it out as we go along. The point is, is that you will have new Mimiverse content this year and next year, guaranteed. After that, things are already in motion. I've already got several ideas. I've already started on a script for another movie. And, you know, I still have other things in the works. We have the Mimiverse Holiday Special, which we're shooting here in about a month, month or so. We have That Which Lurks in the Dark, which is just kind of lingering in the background that at some point in the next 20 years will get made. Who knows? But that's a great script, and, and I really want to make it. It's just a matter of when we can actually get it done. So I have stuff, and the Mimiverse continues. And the Mimiverse will continue for as long as I personally continue. Given what's going on, I don't think any of us have a guarantee that we will all personally continue. But knock on wood, everything should be fine. So... Here's where we find ourselves. It is November 2020. The Phantom Lake Kids and the Unseen Invasion will be coming out very soon. Literally next month. Obviously, you can no longer contribute, so I won't ask. But once I got the next movie running, I'll ask a lot. You know me. So to keep the Phantom Lake Kids train a-rollin', 
a couple months ago on this very audio cast, I released an interview that I did with a couple of the stars of the Phantom Lake Kids movies, David and Alice Mim, and we talked about the movies and everything. Well, I have another interview with a couple more of the stars, this time with Elliot Mim and the actor who plays Billy Blue, Caleb Frank. He's not particularly new to the Mimiverse because he appeared in Queen of Snakes in the background at the movie theater. It was a little tip of the hat to the Phantom Lake kids. So he's technically been around as this character since 2019. But, of course, he was going to be introduced in The Beast Walks Among Us. But uh, you know how that went. We know him well, but you don't. But you will soon. He is the the newest member of the Danny Johnson family kids gang. And the actor who plays him is a, is a kid named Caleb Frank. He's our neighbor. He's part of our quarantine pod. I continually want to keep explaining this because I want you all out there to know that I am taking this, this pandemic seriously. And, and we've been very careful about being smart and not letting this damn thing continue as much as we can to do our part, which you know what? You should consider doing your part, too, if you're not. But you're smart. You like the Mimiverse. You're doing your part. Because, like the heroes of Phantom Lake County, we all want to save the world. And it's currently under attack. And the best thing you can do is listen to the scientists and be smart. Right? Right. So, Caleb, his family literally lives next door to ours. Their family, the parents work from home. And their kids are all best friends with our kids. So very early on when all of this started, we created a quarantine pod, I guess you could say, with their family and ours, keeping everybody else out of it, you know, trying our best to stay safe. But then also give ourselves, especially the kids, stuff to do by being able to play with other kids and, and try to live as, as normal as they possibly can. And we know we're lucky that we have that. And we've done everything we can to maintain it. And it helped out the Mimiverse a lot because then someone like Caleb and actually his siblings could help us out with this movie. Caleb loves to act and he had a really great time making the movies he's been in. And his younger siblings helped us out by being the crew for this new movie, The Unseen Invasion. So this, this movie is more like a student film that I just kind of supervised. Because the cast was all kids. The crew was all kids. And then me. So it was kind of a, a crash course in filmmaking. And I think everybody involved had a lot of fun. It's probably the smallest cast and crew I've ever worked with. But that was okay. It worked out. So coming up here shortly, we have an interview I conducted just a few hours ago with Elliot and Caleb. We talk a lot about the movies and their involvement. And, and they share some memories. And it's good, fun stuff. So I'm going to turn it over to that right now. And when I come back, I have something new from Stephen D. Sullivan, the author of Canoe Cops vs. the Mummy. He's got something cool cooked up that we're going we're gonna to do some stuff with just to add some extra stuff to the audio cast, some extra content, some extra fun to keep everything alive. We'll keep us all going during this very protracted and difficult time in the world. I know, for me... One of the things that saves me during those times when things are very difficult are things like the entertainment I love, right? Watching movies, 
and TV shows and listening to podcasts and, and listening to music. You know, it keeps you from losing your goddamn mind. And so I think Steve and myself both revel in the idea of being able to provide something to take your mind off of the constant stress and negativity of the world right now. And that's what I'm sort of aiming to do with the family kids movies and, and the stuff I'm doing and releasing right now is I want to help take your mind away from the hell that can be the just sheer insanity of this year. So that's coming up. Oh, and real quick, the first little bit of this interview with Elliot and Caleb kind of sounds terrible, partially because I was trying to record it using multiple devices and I forgot to turn one of them on. So you can hear me really well, but you can't hear them very well. Sorry about that. But for now, let's listen to that interview, shall we? Hi there. Uh, for the interview, I'm talking to two of the big stars of the Phantom Lake Kids, one of which you know, one of which you'll get to know. First off, you have one of the longest standing members of the Mimiverse community. Uh, you've literally watched him grow up. He now has a beard. Elliot Mim. Say hi, Elliot. Hey. <laughs> hi, everyone. And our new guy... Uh, you've actually seen him. If you've seen Queen of Snakes, you've seen him. Uh, he was in the theater. He always wears a hat. His name is Caleb Franch. Thank you. He's actually from Europe. Mm-hmm. Use your real accent. It's okay. Moved over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I lost it when I came to America. Oh, Moved okay. over here a few years ago. <laughs> Met Elliot. It's right. Been, it's been a good time. They're basically the Bill and Ted of the Mimiverse. Absolutely. And it's Caleb Frank, but... Caleb Franch sounds much cooler. <laughs> Caleb Franch. Well, it's, I see, I, I would say shh. It's <laughs> Caleb Franch. Exactly. <laughs> and you play who in this movie? We're, well, we should say, we're talking about the, the Family Kids movies. So far, we've completed two of them. We've only released none of them <laughs> because of 2020, which Our, sucks. So we're talking about Unseen Invasion, or both? Well, we can talk about both, but just no spoilers, right? Well, but we're course. pushing really... We're, you know, Unseen Invasion is coming out first. We should explain that it's technically, if you're watching it in in-universe chronological order, Unseen Invasion does come after The Beast Walks Among Us, mm -hmm. but they will be released out of order yes. because 2020 sucks. Yes. It ruined, ruined, ruined it. everything. Ruined it. So... Caleb. Yeah. Elliot. Yes. Let's just start. Uh, everyone knows Elliot as the kid uh, in Terror from Beneath the Earth. And what was the name of your character? Something, something. Something, something. Danny Johnson. Daniel something? Yeah, Daniel. I think it was Darby, Darby. Johansson. Darwin. Darwin Johansson. All those sound right. Yeah. <laughs> Danny Johnson is one of the longest running characters in all of the Mimiverse at this point. You have the benefit of being my oldest son, so I guess that makes sense. Okay, I fixed the audio issue because I'm an idiot and didn't start recording one of the recorders. I <laughs> double didn't actually, check, double check. Yeah, I was double check that the buttons are pressed. But we got some of that, so now say hi again. We can actually hear your voices. Uh, hello, this is 
Not Danny Johnson. This is <laughs> Billy Blue. Caleb Fronch. Yeah. Sorry, Fronch. Fronch. <laughs> and? And Elliot Mim, Danny okay, Johnson, Party Man. Take two here. So, we'll start talk by talking to Elliot, because everyone knows him, and we'll leave the mystery for later with Caleb. Uh, Elliot, uh, how old were you when you first appeared in one of my films? When I first appeared? Yeah. Because technically, the first time we ever saw you was in that the end of it came from another world. Uh-huh. And technically, you were playing Danny Johnson, because why not? Because why not? What what year was that? That's when it depends on you. Well, it came out in 2007, so we filmed that in 2006. 2006. Then I was like four. Wow, and how old are you now? 18. You're like a man. <laughs> Legally. With a, with a beard. That is part of it. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have one back then when you were four. I hope not. That's a little strange. A little bit. Uh, so, uh, do you remember filming that at all? That scene... I. A little bit. I remember sitting in like the the on the bench with Liz and Michael, and waving. I remember. Can I, can being I say there. real quick that uh, it's clear that Elliot doesn't really? I was gonna say pew. I was gonna say Elliot's never been raised in a church in any kind of meaningful way because he <laughs> said the bench. I was. I knew it was a pew. Sitting but I was on thinking the bench about it. In the was, in the, the building sure. with the. I was raised in a church. I still call it a bench. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Bill and Ted over here saving each other's butts. Um, so you do remember filming that a little? A little bit. Uh, do you remember filming Terror from Beneath the Earth? Because that's really the first time we met Danny Johnson, for real. Um, that I, I remember more. I remember little bits of building things, like building the set. I also remember laying on my side and having to be still, but still playing with the sand. Cause it Being completely and utterly incapable of staying of still? Not just sitting. If people pay attention to the scenes you're in when we see just shots of you laying on the ground, if you really pay close attention, you can tell that they're stills. <laughs> really? It's not actual oh, I didn't know video that. I didn't know that either. Because no. Elliot kept doing this thing where you couldn't like keep your eyes shut on demand. You had to like squint them. Oh, like, yeah. Like squeeze them yeah. shut. And so it was like those random times when you actually were doing it sort of right. Mm -hmm. uh, was just like, okay, it's a still. That works. He's asleep. Um <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that actually. Well, I did do it for your brother David too, and he was at the beginning of Wall People, because uh, he was doing the same thing. Uh -huh. And so that's weird. I it's it, I had to do some stuff to make sure that didn't look like he was just you know squeezing his eyes shut. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to be asleep. That wasn't on purpose. Um, so yeah, <laughs> interesting. Terror from beneath the earth. I do remember that there were several times where you and your sister Liz and your mom were all laying on the floor, mm -hmm. and your mom would get stuck on a line, and you being what six at the time yeah was like your line is this mom <laughs> yeah if you didn't say that you would just spit up the line <laughs> yeah. you had the whole script in your head but then again you know when you're younger it's much easier to memorize lines than when you get older not that i would know what that's like i always have my lines perfectly <laughs> it transferred to david with the new ones now elliot's the one that can't get it and david's the one that knows everybody right lines. exactly yeah. exactly uh, but then again, Elliot doesn't try. I mean, he's just, everything's flawless, you know, easy for him. So he's just like, he looks at it once and he's like, I got it, good enough. Right? <laughs> it's that perfect charm. Just right, does right. it. He thinks he can charm his way through everything until I'm like, what are your lines? I looked at them once. So Caleb, uh, how did you end up in the Mimiverse? Tell us. I ended up in the Mimiverse by, uh, it's... 
I met RJ first. Who was red. red? We should yeah. say. We should say because it is 2020, and I want to make sure everyone knows that we have been very, very careful. We're not one of those. We're not those people who are yeah. denying the pandemic. We're not the people who are acting like none of this matters. And if you're one of those people, eh, I don't. Eh. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Caleb's family moved in next, literally next door to us. What five? It was years? five. Five years, years ago. ago. Uh, and you guys kind of all, all the kids in your family and our family kind of hit it off. Mm-hmm. And now you're all kind of interchangeable. I mean, it's become this weird little village. We have family group. Yeah. So very early on in the pandemic, and I've, I've been explaining this to people so they know, uh, because they're like, wait a minute, how are you able to film movies with this kid? Um, we kind of closed ourselves off as what we ca- I'm calling the quarantine pod, right? Mm-hmm. It was like our family, your family, we just kind of stuck to ourselves as much as humanly possible. We have a bubble and that's Yeah, it's our it's bubble, right, right. Mm-hmm. And so you guys have been sort of allowed to hang out together, but only because no one is going anywhere. Yeah, that's uh, true. None of you are doing, like, live school. You're all doing distance and stuff, so, uh, you know, remote learning. So uh, that's how... Uh, we're all sort of interchangeable is that we have this weird extended village that uh, we've been keeping all the monsters out together yeah and sort of staying to ourselves my family even we switched to homeschool so that we yep. didn't go we and both been, your folks worked from home and, yep and, they already worked from home i mean honestly michael kaiser who lives with us as well uh, works at uh, a target and he gets probably he's probably our worst disease vector but you know they're smart there he's he's like a manager dude so he doesn't he doesn't mess around. I see him at Target every time I go. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, it's funny, though. Uh, as a total aside, uh, whenever I go to Target and, like, I'll drop him off because Michael doesn't drive because it's Michael. Yeah. Uh, and, like, we thing. start walking in. He, like, gets away from me as fast as possible. Like, I don't know this dude. <laughs> really? I work here. I don't know who this is. <laughs> so, Caleb, uh, your family moved in. Mm-hmm. And you guys sort of hit it off, and now we're all good yeah, friends. Yeah, I started getting... Close to Elliot, and then I was like, "Whoa, you do these movie things? That's pretty cool." Yeah, and it was pretty. It was, and then I would gave you a couple of them. Since I didn't have a ton to do in general, I would just. I've never been someone to have everything to do all the time. Yeah, not very busy. I so that. I would help with the sets, that and then true. eventually he wrote me into a movie. Was, now some of that well, is. I mean that. Some of it is is that uh, we, you, you mentioned RJ, uh, mm-hmm. RJ, you know, uh, RJ Lundgren, who has played Red in Danny Johnson Saves the World. Yeah, uh, he is another neighbor. He li- he lives across the street. Yeah, yes. Uh, actually, technically across the street from your house, but our from house is got it's a street in front of it. Right, it's like a T. Um, so RJ uh, was in uh, Danny Johnson Saves the World partially because Elliot and RJ used to be very close friends when they were really little mm-hmm. and so he really wanted to do it uh but as elliot uh, has grown up as they've grown up they've grown apart uh rj is more into sports and stuff and elliot's you know elliot so I mean, it's just you know <laughs> <laughs> i understand, I understand. <laughs> elliot's more you know he's, he's more artistic you know he's he's uh-huh. he's in theater and stuff i mean come on it's the classic, you know, sports versus theater right anyway rj is his own and two guys went to different high schools yeah, well, he went to my high school for like a year, and then I thought disappeared. it was less than that. I, you might have been. You you might be right. I don't know. He just disappeared. Next thing I knew, he was at the other one. The right. Other so school. when we started talking about doing a Phantom of the Kids movie, which I, I don't remember how or why it started coming up. I think it's just 
we're always sitting around the house talking about ideas for movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we mm-hmm. do. And that was uh, pre-2020. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because we're talking right. about the, the beast wild. walks among yeah. us. We have idea bonfires. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, and you know, when that which lurks in the dark fell apart, uh, we decided, I was like, well, we got to do something, right? Something's got to happen. And so we started talking about, well, maybe we should do, like, basically a sequel to Danny Johnson Saves the World. Yeah. Uh, but Spiritual we came up with, yeah. Uh, and I remember putting on Facebook, I, I asked the question, I said, what sounds better? The Danny Johnson gang or Phantom Lake Kids? And everyone said, Phantom Lake Kids! Phantom Lake Kids! So we came up with The Beast Walks Among Us. We all kind of sat around and... Talked about it a lot. Yeah, we kind of brainstormed the whole thing, mm-hmm. right? And I think it finally really came together um, when I was I was down in Texas and I was doing a screening down there and uh, I was talking to my, my late great friend, Michael Cross, uh, and he mentioned the, the Scooby-Doo angle. Oh, yeah, you told me that. And he talked about, we were talking about stuff we had already discussed. Because mm-hmm. I was down there when I started writing the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I was thinking I was doing All Con, which is in March. And I was in the, in, I, was, I was having dinner and I was talking about sort of ideas we had. And he and I started bouncing off each other's ideas and he said, oh, and then you got to have like, there's got to be a mayor in it and all this stuff. You know? mm-hmm. And we went back and forth and it kind of, that was it. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went back to my room that night and I was on my phone typing out pages <laughs> onto my phone that. on a Google Doc. And I think I showed you guys when I got home and from that point it was well, like... Yeah, because it was like a surprise. Yeah. Because we had been talking about stuff and you came home and you're like, talk to my friend, oh, we're doing this, this is happening. Yeah, because the idea <laughs> of a Scooby-Doo Mimiverse movie had been around for a while because of Danny Johnson and you guys yeah. were getting older mm-hmm. and we wanted to do something like that. And we and had so, a cameo in Queen of Snakes. Right. Which, yeah, 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 because we talked about, uh, you know, your character, which is basically, mm-hmm. part of the reason your name is Billy Blue is because you're the spiritual successor to Red. Yes. So we had this thing with colors, so it was Billy Blue. And then we also thought, <laughs> I thought it was really funny that no one ever calls you Billy. Mm-hmm. Everyone it's must Billy always Blue. say Billy Blue. It's always Billy Blue. It's like, that's, that's your full name, and everyone always says it, for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Don't call me Billy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not my name. My name is Billy Blue. What's your last name? Blue. Duh. Um... <laughs> So it came together, and we decided because that which looks in the dark fell apart. I was like, "Well, we could do that this summer. Do you guys want to do it?" And the script came together really fast. Yeah. Partially because we were talking about it, really brainstorming all together. And then, like, what was it? Two months later, we started shooting. Maybe yeah, it was not pretty, even. It was pretty fast. Yeah, because well, because I got back. Alcon always is mid March, mm-hmm. so I got back from that with a few pages, and we started shooting. Was we started we shooting in May. Yeah, because we did the 10th anniversary of Terror from Beneath the Earth at that hotel. Yeah, and that's the first time. And we shot a scene from it because we had the, the meeting room all day, or like the the ballroom all day. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. like, we could totally film this scene here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we started then and then just pretty much spent all summer filming that. It was like at least once was, a week, I feel like. It was one, I don't think we ever I mean, there was a couple maybe breaks, a two-week break yeah. at any given time. Because I remember I would like... And some was weather. Yeah, there was, there was a couple days, and there was a lot of times so. I had to like I got several haircuts, mm-hmm. but it was very small haircuts, but because it just had to be just right, yep. mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And so we we did it. You guys basically sacrificed your summer to to make this movie, and now we can't mm-hmm. release it yet. I mean, I could, I just don't want to yet. Well, it's a big thing, and it's kind of just a love letter to all your your past. What it becomes kind movies. of weirdly meta. 
Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Because bring up a lot of things. Yeah. Not just from your movies, but other movies as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just like a lot of things go into it. Well, and, and I thought what was kind of fun and cool about the idea of the Phantom Lake Kids in particular is it takes... Because the, the universe itself has now expanded to the point that it's like there's so much information available mm-hmm. that it's interesting to learn what it's like to grow up in this weird ass place where weird where cra- weird, weird stuff happen. happens all the where time where we just like mm. understand that these things happen and everyone knows it yeah it's just it's just <laughs> what's it like to grow up in this place yeah. so it becomes like people who are not not just like the things are happening to you where you have like say a movie like Queen of Snakes it's mm-hmm. it's happening to these particular characters you have characters who are kind of on top of the whole thing right mm-hmm. so it, their characters encompass all of it because they know all the stories they've you know it's their whole lives mm-hmm. and yet they have their own weird ass adventures too <laughs> yeah. which I think makes it I think it makes it for me fun to then write stuff because then it becomes kind of self-referential but in like a a less wanky way less like, like more storytelling yeah yeah it's just like less of a like pat myself on the back like, it's like no, no, no. what I did it's more it's, like it's this way, happened in this universe yeah and it's a way to expand the universe without yeah. without constantly having to it's like you guys can reference stuff because mm. you know it as opposed to trying to find cool ways to work it in yeah, yeah. it's like oh yeah remember that of course i was here or whatever yeah you know? i did that was me i was there yeah exactly the bat yeah i was you know, here the, bat, the spider all that stuff right it just affects the coming adventures anyways yeah. right exactly so it becomes i mean there's enough movies and it's been going long enough at this point that uh in the past i would always make a point to start over with every movie and almost try to make it like it, they weren't connected and i'm mm-hmm. at the point now where it's like they are all connected. That was kind of yeah. you don't jump into an Avengers Endgame, right? Yeah, you no. at least watch some of the other ones first. You don't have to watch them all, but you have to watch enough. Right, you got. You should probably watch them. These aren't these aren't exactly necessarily made for the average viewer. Although, mm-hmm. I would say watching them, the two Family Kids movies in particular, I think you wouldn't be lost. Uh, no, you can watch. I think you can watch every movie, but it came from another world apart. Yeah. Like you could. I think you just skip mm-hmm. it. Came from the world is what you're saying. <laughs> no, because you have uh, Monster Phantom Lake, and then it came from another world. They're definitely because they're like connected. basically it's a sequel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because it's hard. It's it came from a world is only I think decent to watch if you know the characters from the Monster Phantom Lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise it's just not a great movie. Let's be honest. <laughs> that's why. But that's that's the thing about all the like Professor Jackson adventures kind of movies is mm-hmm. they're all connected in one way. Yeah. So you kinda gotta watch them all. It was like right. the first era of it was characters with right. Professor first Jackson. Memoverse era. Well and this is I think um, I've noticed that the Memoverse kinda does fall into weird er- eras. Mm-hmm. And the first five movies, because we're at sixteen movies now, right? The first five yeah, are kind of the geez. Professor Jackson era. Because mm. you got like three movies with Professor Jackson in this somewhere. And then you have Julianne St. Marie showing up in Terror from Beneath the Earth plus. Like it's clear. And then, it's, yeah. and then it's Captain Jackson for Destination and that kind of ends. Because in, yeah. in essence, Josh Craig stops appearing and that's when that sort of ends. And then you end up in, in what is kind of the Dr. Edwards era. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's a big... It's like Moon Zombies, uh, you know, Giant the, Spider, Giant Spider you know, uh, te- the Late Night Double Feature. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know... He's, yeah... And then I feel like this is sort of the, the, the beginning of the fourth era 
is the family kids era basically mm-hmm. um because then after the after the edwards era i think you get into sort of the chris wanted to try some new cool stuff era <laughs> yeah it kind of is i do like demon and wear skeeto it's the dark era right yeah it's this like little sub era post danny uh, johnson saves yeah. the world <laughs> that is true like you jump right from this like kitty movie to wear skeeto wear skeeto uh-huh. Then into Late Night Double Feature, which has, like, the Twilight Zone wall people and, mm-hmm. like, the darker... I mean, X is not a happy movie. It's, no, right? it's, it's kind of like alien. I feel like it's even more, like, less characters in each movie. Yeah. It's more of a closed cast. Yeah, movie. yeah. And then you get into Demon with the Atomic Brain, which is still a mm-hmm. little... It's more out there. It's, mm-hmm. like, trying to do other stuff. Uh, then you get into, what, uh, Guns of the Apocalypse, which yes. is darker and totally disconnected and even queen of snakes which is darker and a little more Mm -hmm. disconnected Mm -hmm. and then so this is the basically the fourth epic of the mimiverse (laughs) is the family like kids could you call this the the haze era i mean i think i i think though like uh it's really you guys i really do think because i think yeah because like haze doesn't show up anywhere in the unseen invasion uh he's mentioned he's he's mentioned he's got a big role in 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 uh the Beast Walks Among Us, but yes, you can almost does. think of that as like a passing the torch to you guys, right? Because he's, uh-huh. he's connected to that sort of middle thing, too, because he shows up in House of Ghosts and Terror yeah. and, you know. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he's been very intermittent throughout the, yeah, the yeah. universe. And so I think this is the Phantom Like Kids. Also, out of necessity, we apparently can't make anything but Phantom Like Kids movies, which honestly, <laughs> I'm okay yeah. with. I know Alice is okay with it. And there's not really scheduling problems as long as we're not filming during school. You know? Well, yeah. that's a good point that actually leads nicely finally into talking about the one that's coming out here literally next month. Uh, the Unseen yeah. Invasion. That's true. Um, Unseen Invasion came out of the fact that we ended up in this weird-ass lockdown, shutdown mm-hmm. thing, right? Yeah. And we realized that we weren't going to be able to release The Beast Walks Among Us in a theater, which... I was still hoping maybe we just push it off to the fall, but obviously that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's almost winter now. But no. again, we started shooting that which lurks in the dark, got about a third of the way through it, and then boom, that got shut down. Exactly. So as to whether or not that movie ever comes out, we'll see. I still love that script. I hope it happens. I mean, it's at this point, I think by the time we film it, you'll play the main character because you'll be ah, like 30. Ah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's what's going to happen. I mean, um, I've never <laughs> seen this that script. You should. I have it's no idea time. what it's I like about. It. I mean, I like it. It's a good one. Um, it's just, it keeps falling apart. Uh, mm-hmm. So, it's my it's my Don Quixote. Because, uh, was it, um, Terry Gilliam tried to make Don Quixote, and it fell apart. And it was like a Hollywood legend that it fell apart. Mm-hmm. He finally did finish it, and I've never seen it. But he did <laughs> finally finish it. I'm going to pretend um, to know, like, hey. You're like, yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. I love, I love that movie, yeah. For the Fisher King myself. Um, Time Bandits. That's a good one. Uh, I'm getting distracted by <laughs> Terry Gilliam movies. Um, so, when everything kind of fell apart, we were like, well, we should make a movie. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I gotta get something. And we started talking about it, and within three months, we had it filmed. <laughs> yeah. We had it, written it was about and filmed. three months. It was, three it months. was mm-hmm. the fastest. It was the fastest ever. we ever did, but that's kind of all we did. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was what we did. There was that chunk of time. And plus, you had to fit it into, like, so we didn't change in appearance too much. Because if you'd mm-hmm. wait right. for too long, even in, like, Danny Johnson Saves the World, you can. there's a single scene I always think of that because I look way older because we had to go back and finish it. We needed like, to throw re- one in, and we 
This was the funny thing. This is one of my favorite stories about Danny Johnson Saves the World is that, so we shot it, you were 12 when we shot that, right? Something like that. Uh, on the cusp of manhood. He was like um, sixth grade. Yeah, so his yeah, it voice, like, it was like, fifth grade, sixth grade. like we had to go back and like film some insert stuff for another scene. Mm-hmm. And we had to, rec- we always record the audio after the fact. And we recorded, as I was editing, that last scene we filmed, I noticed that Elliot's voice had changed, mm-hmm. <laughs> like noticeably. And I played it to your mom and she's like, oh my God, my baby. <laughs> um, and that was, that was when it was like, oh crap. So yeah. when it comes to even this, like, it's going to be funny when people watch these and see these two movies out of order because, like, I think some of you guys look older mm-hmm. from yeah, the movie because like, it was a full year. I feel like yeah. me and Elliot don't change a whole ton. No, because you're a little older. You're Dan younger, and you can see it a little bit. But, like, but like the three youngest, they, yeah, the youngest, Chip and Butch and even Alice, uh, they start looking a little bit older uh, each time. Yeah. Less Danny Johnson and more unseen invasion right yeah and so uh and i think in particular you see like dan uh his voice starts to change between oh movies. definitely mm-hmm. yeah. it's higher in the beast walks among us and then suddenly it's like noticeably lower mm-hmm. um even though he doesn't look that much older but he does i mean mm-hmm. he's just not a tall kid right no so that's the one benefit of it but he's his voice is definitely he's definitely different different mm-hmm. but so we started putting together the Unseen Invasion. You guys, we all sort of had input, but that one came, like I wrote that script very quickly, uh-huh. and we just started shooting it, basically. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. We didn't have anything else that we needed to worry about or focus on. We basically just jumped into it. We didn't really buy any costume pieces. We had them. Yeah. Just yeah, like shirts and pants and things. Yeah, we owned. just used what we had, yeah. and we shot it all in our house, basically. Pretty much. Uh, the idea being that, worst case, it'll just be something fun. It'll be a... It ends up being a really interesting time capsule of this era. Of this era. You can mm-hmm. tell. Like, you can tell yeah. that's what was happening. And, yeah. and even the story itself has worked into it a little bit of this, like, something's it, happening. Something. There's, oh, uh, yeah. We're, on a, we're in quarantine. No one knows what's happening. We don't have any clue. Uh, and plus, Liz Kaiser was living here at the time. She has since moved out. Um, but she was living with us, too. And so we got to bring back... Yeah, the the missing Johnson sibling. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Alice Johnson, uh, who showed up in Terror from Beneath the Earth, so that was kind of fun to have her. Oh my God, the dog! The dog is stealing garbage. Apparently, he wants Cheetos. <laughs> I don't think I need Cheetos in that bag, there, buddy. Um, <laughs> so we ended up. Everyone kind of got involved and helped, and it was an affair. So I was going to ask you guys, uh, knowing that we were working on that at that time when all of this was starting to go to heck and obviously I'm not saying we're used to it now but we're much more used to it now than we were then yeah. much more was it nice to have that distraction just to be able to like not focus on the world falling apart uh, do you want to go first or sure I mean I think for myself it was it was one it was something I was doing like I remember going back to Beast like that was the thing we did that summer right like you know, we there were other things, of course, we did, but, like, that was the thing. We were going to film. I remember, like, Caleb and I had to, like, carry things into the woods. A lot of carrying. A, a, very, a lot of carrying very hot days carrying things and into the woods. And the bugs. The bugs were bad a lot of the time. There was, like, mm-hmm. flies and mosquitoes. Um, so it was, like, the thing we did. And then that's kind of how I saw Unseen Invasion. It was the thing we were doing during quarantine, and then quarantine turned out to not be, what, three months? Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I remember... Like, 
thinking May would be the end of it. I, I figured, um, I kept saying, oh, I'm thinking like August. And people are like, oh, I don't say that. that I'm like, no, I'm thinking August, maybe September. We'll probably like fall. That was, was like considered the, like that late. Was, yeah, that was like, wow, that's going to be forever. And they're like, yeah, now we're thinking 2022. God dang it. <laughs> Been in this forever. Yeah, but I think it did. I think it, mm-hmm. was, it was a distraction. It was just a nice thing to be doing for that, all the, albeit short period of time. It was still nice. Yeah. I think the movie really encompasses how we filmed it. Like That's it's true. it's a fun shorter. It is shorter because it's it's just wacky. Like and it's uh, it's basically what you would imagine if you're a parent and you leave your kids at home. Like, <laughs> kind that's kind of yeah. what would happen yeah I mean it, especially in lieu of what's actually happening in the movie mm-hmm. yeah I mean that makes some sense um, I think I, I personally thought it was kind of fun to just sort of like have a reason for all of us to be focusing on something else yeah because mm-hmm. like it was very helpful I mean you guys were doing school and stuff but it was like no one knew what the hell to do for school yeah it's like we're all doing remote learning we don't actually know how or what we're doing so read this book yeah and that was yeah, it I had to read I wasn't even doing school at that time yeah I, I mean it was just it was mm-hmm. it was like this weird lull where it's like well we can't do anything else yeah. should we make a movie but it also I mean for me it was like um you know, not being able to make um, movies or to like go out and sell the movies, you know, because uh, mm-hmm. we should have been, you know, we were what a month away from releasing the movie, and then I usually yeah. do a bunch oh, of stuff, yeah, so and then close. I was gonna should I would I would have been shooting that which lurks in the dark and working on that. Mm-hmm. It's like suddenly everything came to a halt, so it's like yeah, oh, I gotta do something. Yeah. yeah, there's I had a whole. I remember right before we know, two dozen things yeah. lined up. That, right yeah, before we stayed here. I remember we picked you up from Texas. Now, yeah. Like the last trip you take. Well, you and that, that event was all con again. And I did exactly. one day and they shut it down. So I sat in the yeah. hotel yeah, was, room for three days that was and of waited the thing. to fly home. Because I called the airline. They're like, if you can just wait, just wait. It's yeah. insane right now. There was like a lot of those things, though, because that was like kind of the thing. It's like, maybe this is way worse. You know, yeah, this yeah, is being like, canceled. Things are bad. Exactly. And it's going to be yeah. funny to look back on this, um, hopefully. We all can look back on this mm-hmm. and be like, remember that? Man, that was messed up. <laughs> but we made that movie. A weird time. Well, we did that. Now, you guys have actually seen both of the Phantom Like Kids movies. Yeah. yeah. Do you like them and do you like your work? And then, conversely, do you like each other's work? <laughs> um, I really enjoy the Potential friendship ruiner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Caleb is terrible. <laughs> I, I like, I think working with them and the little kids was the best part of doing it besides the days that I didn't have energy and the others had too much energy <laughs> you're just like please let's uh-huh. do this it's like I'm any, tired it's like anything when you have a job and you just have to do it I mean I had days uh-huh. where I'm just like I don't want to be filming today but we're doing it so let's do it mm-hmm. and then one of the kids is just like and it's like cut it out I'm done with this me it's me it was me I think I think the hardest part of Unseen was lines for all of us. We all I think it was lines. lines. I think part of that probably had to do with the shortened period of just yeah. like, we're filming eight pages in the next two days. You did that a lot, which we ended up cutting it up. And then and three days later, we're going to do a dozen more. Yeah. yeah. So it was like this, Jeez, okay. it, was, it was like filming a soap opera. I mean, it was just like, mm-hmm. we're doing 20 pages today. But that was the thing. You're making that joke about me doing stuff like in a day. Sometimes that's how it felt, though. 
like there were times where like I had I had to, I learned it up to a point and I was like hopefully there's time for me to work it out in my head. Oh yeah. I'm spending time like on the phone with my girlfriend being, okay, help me with this one. Just <laughs> over and happening. over again. Didn't have anything else to do and yeah. you needed to get it done. Mm-hmm. And I we've never filmed anything that quickly. Mm-mm. Um Obviously, the script itself was 74 pages long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The final movie itself is like... An hour. <laughs> it's an hour, it's an basically. Hour. Um, and so uh, it's very fast-paced, though, which is nice. Because yeah. um, mm-hmm. it's just goofy. And everything, it's like anytime there's exposition, it's broken up by something insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's usually Butch and Chip doing something crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. I mean, you did a really good job of, in both movies, taking our characters and making them ourselves. Yeah, because you guys, that was the thing, writing these characters, they're not necessarily... Challenging? No, I mean, they're not a stretch for other of you. I basically wrote each character as hyper-realized versions of yourselves. It's like a more dramatic version of ourselves. There's certain moments... Except for Elliot, he's the same. Pretty much. (laughs) There's certain moments in both in the movie and in real life where I... Whether it's for Caleb or for everyone else or myself, I'm like, that, yeah, those mm-hmm. are... Like, that's an Elliot line. That, yeah, there's just things that well, and reflect I, that. I think your personalities all come through really nicely, and, and mm-hmm. I think you all do really, really good jobs. And, and it's fun because it's like, admittedly, for each character, you have Butch and Chip, which are just the crazy... They're the crazy little brothers, which is yeah. exactly who Dan and David are. They're the crazy little brothers. But, the Shaggy and Scooby. Yeah, they're the Shaggy, <laughs> yeah. but they do like the most insane stuff, and they're just oh yeah, they're the flat out comedy relief. And I think they do. They're really funny, um, and they have Alice who's trying to keep every Alice Mim, not Alice Johnson. Yeah, Alice Mim playing Evelyn. Johnson. Oh, that was fun for the invasion. Yeah, both at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Alice ends up playing <laughs> sort of the more serious. We got to get stuff done. Everybody focus. Which is Please Alice. She's do more of the down to earth type who's trying to, you know, get everybody to she's take Christmas Velma. seriously. She's the Velma. This is Fred and Daphne. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're Fred and Daphne, basically. Well, I don't I know think, that you're dating, I think but that would if make you sense. are, perhaps we should have this discussion off, <laughs> off camera. <laughs> we also need to have discussions with our, our separate girlfriends. As yes, well. probably. <laughs> um, but then you have uh, you guys, which, again, you're kind of the Bill and Ted, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the joke is is that you guys talk about it, Alice does it, and Butch and Chip wreck it. <laughs> that is. I mean, yeah, that's, that's basically good, it. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's a lot of really fun, I, I think we had just like, where you guys are basically, you get into these situations, which this is much of a spoiler, you get in these situations where you talk about what's happening, but never actually do much of anything about it because you don't mm-hmm. want to, or you just make a commentary on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, Whoa, look at that. It's like, look at that. That's amazing. We should do something. Probably. Mm-hmm. Like us <laughs> arguing about what we're doing, exactly. not realizing that things are already happening. <laughs> right. And then looking over and being like, oh, yeah. And There's then, a lot of little banter between us in both movies. There is. That's very much just you guys. That's why I wrote true. it. It's just like, how would Elliot and Caleb actually talk about this stuff he just secretly spies on us for like right. the past three years <laughs> i mean there's even conversations like caleb and i either when we're in a like usually in a group of people where we'll just talk to each other for a bit and people are like what's happening <laughs> we it's don't all inside we get jokes it. we get it no. completely well because at this point you guys have kind of grown up together 
and you're always around each other, and now we're even worse because we're all stuck in this. We've we've gone through our, that confusing our period. bubble, uh-huh. yeah, teenagers. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so you guys again, you're basically Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, what would you say is your favorite memory from both movies? Go, Caleb. Um, from both movies, I making them. I think that for Beast Walks Among Us, my favorite memory was being in the Phantom Lake and splashing water on the little kids. That was was totally (laughs) fun. Which, that's not even a spoiler because I I released that as a little, like, it's in the trailer of them getting splashed. Mm -hmm. And then for... Of course, that water was disgusting. Oh, it was nasty. Oh, later there was like a don't go to the lake. Yeah, e. coli. I was like don't go in that lake. Uh-huh. There's an E. coli warning. And it's like oh great. But then we have that shot of Alice spitting it out. Hey, at least she spit it out. <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> uh-huh. So thank God the E. coli warning hadn't happened yet. And Dan's reactions to everything in that scene was amazing. Oh yeah, he was like did not want. Well, it. and there's I put it. It's in the blooper reel, yeah, which uh-huh. people will eventually see where. He was freaking out. He did not want... He did not want to be he doesn't, He's not a and, big water fan, right. and it was cold. None of the Mims are water fans. No. Apparently. Kevin and I were, like, trudging through it, too. Mm-hmm. I uh, mean, it was only, like, to almost our knees, and it was, like, really sticky and gross. gross. It felt like it mud was, instead of water. kind of gross. And we were on, like, the... It, it wasn't even, like, a beach, though, too. It was just kind of, like, the mucky shore by... Well, the, what's funny is, you know, we used that. That's Carver Lake. It's yeah. in Woodbury, Minnesota, and we used it for the original Phantom Lake in the Monster mm-hmm. Phantom Lake. And there's a scene where the monster comes out of the lake that's, like, the big sort of... Reveal. It, it's iconic, if I can use that word in relation to the Mimiverse. That's one that, you know, you see everywhere. It's my logo. You know it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't Michael Kaiser. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there. It was actually Brad Tracy who played George in that movie. And he went out in the lake, and he was, like, getting down. He's like, something out here. I'm like, what? He's like, oh, it's okay. It's just a tire. Oh, God. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. And it's like, sure, it's not like a car underneath there, upside down, and there's, like, something dead in the trunk. Find hidden treasure in there somewhere. Yeah, seriously. It's just, it's, it's not great. Oh, it's, not, oh, it's a tire. So uh, <laughs> what, would, what would be your favorite memory of Unseen Invasion? For yeah, unseen. Me. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty fun. I think, I think filming the finale. Oh my god! Buddy wanted to get in here. Dog. Yeah. He's I think filming the finale <laughs> was my favorite because it was a lot of like movement and weirdness between me, Elliot, and then Dan and David, Butch and Chip. Mm-hmm. And that was that it was, was a fun one. I know. I was just. I was feeling good that day. Like it was, it wasn't. Well, you were ready. Frustrating. And we kind of filmed it, it a, a little bit, one. a little bit linearly, uh-huh. uh, because a lot of scenes, because we didn't use a lot of different areas in the house. Uh, and I there's, think like, there's like four. Total. There's like five or s- maybe six if you include the outdoors, because there's a scene mm-hmm. that takes place outside. Um, and we did that last. Actually, it was the outdoor one. Um, yeah. Yeah. But. We ended up sort of working our way through the, buddy wants to be in. He's like, I have something to say about this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, we worked our way through commentary. it. So by the time we got to that scene, which is a big scene, it's like 12 pages. Mm-hmm. We broke it up over two days, but we had like, it was almost toward the end. So it was like, we're, we're in the home stretch. Yeah. So you say the, the final scene, the big scene? The final Obviously scene. Obviously, we're not going to give any spoilers yeah. just because yeah. we want people to watch it. 
<laughs> that December twenty third on Vimeo. Mm. We'll that'll be, be that'll be fun. I'm excited. Well, for and that. and there's going to be stuff, and I'll talk about this sort of when I'm not talking to you guys. But there'll be extra stuff that will make it feel more like a premiere an event because uh-huh. there'll be like exclusive stuff that you'll only have access to for a couple weeks, and then it's going away until probably the yeah. Blu-ray or the DVD. Then if even of, then, instead of the uh, before party we we're supposed to have with. The Beast Walks Among Us and yeah. all that fun I, all stuff. All these cool yeah. plans that got wrecked. You know, me and LA's concerts we were supposed to go to. I did have several Dude, I had a lot them. of good concert tickets. Let's not even talk about that. <laughs> some right. of them were with you. And some <laughs> really good ones. Like like bucket list ones, damn it. Yeah. Uh, Elliot, what were your favorite memories? Uh, you know what? You've been on this, been in the Memiverse for a while. Let's start with uh, what's your favorite memory from doing Terror? Do you have any? Do you have any memories? One of my favorite memories might be, I, I don't know. I remember sitting. It wasn't filming, but I remember sitting in the in the. Uh, I remember sitting in the living room and making uh, the stalagmites and stalactites. Yeah. And I don't know. That was fun because we had like those garden things. Because you got to like the trellis things. Stuff in your and we were just sitting in the living room like paper macheing things. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm pretty sure some people were even over. And I don't know. That I was your remember. living room at that time. No, we did. No, we, we, right we made the we made right stalactites and stalagmites that we could oh, move yeah. around yeah. And, to sort of like make things look different. Yeah, and we did those in the living room. There's photos of it, I think. Yeah, I just there. I uh, just remember setting that up, and I also remember like I don't know, just tidbits of things that were fun. What about making Danny Johnson save the world? Danny Johnson saves the world. Um, there's one scene that always that stuck out to me, or, or a couple things. One time, uh, RJ was coming to filming, and he was at a either I think a doctor's appointment getting shots, and he his mom drives up with him in the car, and she hadn't even completely stopped, and he jumped out of the moving car <laughs> and ran over to uh, to like me and Gabby, who played Cassie. Um, so he ran over to us, and we were. Who we did get back for the Beast Wars. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah. uh, not like a spoiler. She's she's in the the trailer, I think. I know. think their scene think so. is perfect. It's a good. It's a good scene. Mm-hmm. I had to have makeup on, and I got it on her. It was with the Beast Walks <laughs> Among Us that we decided that Danny Johnson must always be must be humiliated in some way with Every something food items, food items being <laughs> dumped, thrown in his face. Uh, yeah, the classic pie in the face. That shirt smelled of like old milk for a while. That was awesome, nasty. though. We got that in one. It take, worked really basically. well. It was the first take that you got that. I did have to uh, digitally remove my hand from it, but it was fun to throw a pie in your face. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. As your dad, uh, you know, there are times where you've driven me nuts over the years. It's nice to be like, pie. I'm throwing a pie at his damn face. <laughs> now the truth comes out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I remember that. That was that was kind of just a fun. Like, I can't believe you just did that moment. But uh, for Danny Johnson, but uh, another one was there was a there's a scene um, where we're we're spinning around because we hear like laughing because mm-hmm. it's the it's the Steve puppets yep. and uh, we're spinning around and we couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, you got mad was, at me. You got mad at me. That was getting uh, well because it was it was getting obnoxious. Where it's like, guys, come on! Yeah, because we kept laughing, and even in that scene, you had to do a little like you know, old movie kind of you know finagling to make it look on purpose. But it was actually like I looked at the camera or something like that. I, there was <laughs> there was a couple times in Unseen Invasion I actually had to digitally change your eyes, a couple of you, huh. Um, huh. because looking at the camera basically mm-hmm. yeah. Caleb did it once in one scene I know there was one scene that I didn't realize I looked at the camera but I was kind of blind to it and 
like apparently I had a perfect take and I looked right <laughs> into the camera. For like, well, and I ended up using it and there was like, it was all of maybe two seconds where you weren't talking at the time. So it actually worked out mm-hmm. um, that I, you can, here's the thing that's plus with the digital thing is that there are times where you can like literally cut and paste the, just the eyes. Yeah. Like uh, there was a take at the end of the movie with uh, Butch where he looks down, but it's like, I need him to hold it for two more like a second mm-hmm. and it's, it's a like little just, longer. just for the comedy timing it's like just a second mm-hmm. also to match two takes and so like I just like took his eyes from you know four frames and just, just plug them eyes. in and you, uh-huh. you don't notice you can't tell you, no, have, I you would never idea. and so there's stuff like that or even stuff where uh, Elliot you like looked one way and I wanted to match it to another one but you were looking the other way so uh-huh. I just cut you out and made you like in reverse so you actually turn your head so that when we cut to the next shot you're looking the right way oh, i didn't know that yeah it was a little stuff like that it's just like those things that like you i had i'd have zero idea right mm-hmm. and it, as long as they're completely and you know the movie so if even you don't notice it no one else is gonna notice oh it. yeah those kinds of things are, that's that's like the little things that drive me nuts but at the same time it's the little things yeah. you do to keep it nice but this is the little things that you'll like tell me like you f- you finagled with something and you're like but there's a way you can tell and i'll show you but are you sure you want me to show you because it'll ruin it's it. like a magician mm-hmm. it's like do you want me to ruin the trick because you ruin show the trick, me you'll never every be, time i the see the magic it. will be gone i i notice it i like, see things in movies all the time with my parents like how in the world did you see that mm-hmm. but just from filming and i have just from being around this as now. long as you guys hardly mm-hmm but you can still be like, I know how that was done. I know what that was. And uh-huh. I, I also like seeing those things. It's kind of interesting to be like, oh, that's a cool trick. Like, that's a cool whatever. Because mm. I know. Being in these, I've gotten many uh, call from Elliot to like, hey, come help me. We're going to melt someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've done so many. Caleb's gotten a lot of strange calls and texts. One, because I'm a strange, weird kind of person. And mm-hmm. I have... You could probably dig through Caleb and my text messages. I don't think you grow up being my kid, being things. normal. <laughs> True. I mean, this, like, oh all God. you kids, all you kids, basically, this has been your whole lives. Yeah. but I Is growing up in this weird... Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never had a normal text, like, conversation with Caleb ever. <laughs> I don't um, think so. Whether... That's why you guys are such good friends. Because <laughs> you're like, I'm there. Melting someone? I'm in! <laughs> uh-huh. You know, just like, leave me alone. No, I would pray for you. It wasn't that. It was just like, <laughs> we're melting someone. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Heck yeah. Let me put on pants. Screw it. I'm not even putting on pants. I'm going over. It started out as just like, help me paint. And that, that's a fairly normal request of a friend. of like, help me paint this. Uh, yeah, except when they come over and it's not, it's like help me paint sense. a wall. It's yeah. like, help me paint this cave. Exactly. That we paint from a shade in my basement. <laughs> it was like, help me paint these walls. Okay, fine. Paint the floor. That's a little weird. All right. Paper mache in my basement. That's even weirder. And then it's just like escalated for the Caleb's like I'm in let's do this that thing. sounds cool I want yeah, to see how I was you're doing this <laughs> much more laid back you were game for it game for anything so you're saying moving in next door was like the best thing ever <laughs> I mean circumstances yes <laughs> definitely yeah. so what was your favorite memory from uh, Beast Walks Among Us mine alright um, there's a lot of good ones uh, I don't know I remember a lot of days where when we had not just us, there, it was always fun to mix in new people. Different mm-hmm. people liked that scene with Cassie. Caleb wasn't there, but that was fun. Um, also, like, the diner scene yeah. was a good time. Getting your grandmother in there. Yeah, she 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 was there. There was a lot of laughing, lots of 
goofing around, but not like obnoxiously goofing around. You know, <laughs> this would be kind of it fun. fun. It'd be kind of fun to embarrass you a little bit All right, as your dad, because it. it's my job. <laughs> uh, people haven't seen this, but there's a diner scene that we yeah. filmed in the basement of my, my I, I mom's house. I know it's coming. I know it's about uh, to happen. Because <laughs> we don't have access to the attic malt shop anymore, so we created the basement malt shop. Mm-hmm. Which and is the... You know, the flip right. That scene was one of the most fun things. It was a fun time. It was a fun. And there was thing. this weird thing you, my mom and you were doing, Caleb. That was actually really funny, and <laughs> you couldn't get it on camera, unfortunately. But no. there's a moment where you kind of look, uh, where like she would stare you down, and you'd stare her like, "What?" <laughs> and like, there is one one shot, and people are like, "God, I want to see this movie." Uh, that's good, right? Leave one yeah. more. Uh, where as she's walking away, you kind of look at her, look at. Uh, Elliot, like, what the hell? Um, yeah. <laughs> so in that scene, there's a pair of uh, teenage girls in that scene. Yeah, ladies. Uh, that uh, you guys are kind of flirting with. And the funny thing yeah. is, is when we shot that scene back last summer, uh-huh. uh, one of the girls was Elliot's girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other girl <laughs> in that scene is your girlfriend now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. We both had a lot of chances to get our other friends and girlfriends Elliot having more girlfriends in it than I have. I have. <laughs> being Your girlfriend one. showed my, up in it, though. Come on. Hold my on, girlfriend on. showed up in one and is still... One of my favorite... That's maybe my favorite moment. It's not even, like, specific. It's just the fact that I had my ex in there and then my current girlfriend during filming and, not, and then future. Right. But unbeknownst then, to me... Yeah, I mean, now... <laughs> my future okay, I mean, girlfriend. It's not like girlfriend. You were, like, High dating at the same time, right? I mean, it wasn't like you were dating them both at the same time. No, it just, I was not. It happened to be that you were dating one so at the time. it was just a friend. It was a friend right. of Caleb and I, and we mm-hmm. brought her on. Just like, do you want to... What's even funnier, though, if we're going to get even deeper into this, uh-huh. uh, is that when you filmed Danny Johnson... Uh-huh. Uh, Gabby, uh, Gabby was basically like your girlfriend, but it was like a. Fifth it was, it was just that, like, yeah. that kind of like. But eventually, she did become a girlfriend, right? Yeah. Right before she moved to Oregon. Uh, <laughs> but what's funny is, is that this this girl you're dating now that was in the movie that you weren't dating at the time for, uh, is Gabby's best friend <laughs> growing yeah, up. Best so uh, Elliot has worked his way through all the teenage girls. And apparently, it's just like the whole like in the teenage, mm-hmm. so Danny Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like any other teenage girls out there want to be in my movies. Be careful. I just uh-huh. get the feeling Danny Johnson's coming. The for funny it. thing is that like, if circumstances were different, I almost guarantee like, Gabby and my girlfriend during filming. Beast probably would have been like really close friends too. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> so that's so, even funnier. So what's your what are some f- favorite memories of shooting Unseen Invasion? You know, like you were saying, food food things that was the, that was fun. Lots of mess to clean up after, but in the moment mm-hmm. it was fun. And um, yeah, you know, we make messes and we clean them up. That's the thing, you know. Some people freak out. It's like, oh, my clean them up more or less. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> there's still, there's still, there's basement. still flour there's down still there. Flour. There's uh, sand in their basement from terror. I mean, there Probably. is. There yeah. is. I've like, I've definitely seen sand down there. <laughs> but let's be honest. I mean, the uh, we have this area of the house that is basically now the studio, as we call it now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that we first used to film. It came from the world. Actually, mm-hmm. it was Professor Jackson's basement lab yeah and it's useless for anything but because it's unfinished uh it's, it's just the, like a storage it's the room. furnace room mm-hmm. it's a, like That's a large storage room that could yeah. be finished water gets in there way too much money because you there's you know we get water sometimes on there and there's just the amount of money it would cost to 
mitigate the issues with that area mm-hmm. are just not worth it. Yeah. So it's like this big unfinished room that has become like the studio. It's been so many different things, s- and I've seen yeah. it change so many different times. It's yeah. been it's been Earth, it's been space, it's been a spaceship, it's been it's been five, a moon base, it's been five million things it's been underground. Yeah. Like it's been a lot of different things, and it's been a and basement kind of, a couple times. Yeah, exactly, and it's kind of spectacular yeah. when you see certain movies that are completely on sets, because then you just kind of if you have a frame of reference, like if you've been there, you understand how kind of incredible that is well so i've always thought yeah. that was really well awesome. one of my favorite things ever in relation to that was uh terror from beneath the earth you know we built like a big old cave in there mm-hmm. uh and it really wasn't that big i mean this area is only i'd say 30 by 50 it was like the but it was like the whole room. it was the whole area right but i think we did a really good job of making it seem way bigger yeah because after the the premiere justin overlander who played the sheriff in that his dad came to it and as they were leaving justin told me this as they were leaving his dad turned to him and was like where'd you shoot that he's like in the guy's basement he's like how big is this basement <laughs> so i think we did a good job on that seeing that, it you cool. would, it's it looks way bigger oh, yeah. than you in than movies, it actually is yeah i remember the first uh, i remember well that was like the first set set you know like that we yeah. built completely because you said it came from another world but that was just like that was just the basement. It was like a the, desk and yeah. some like you know fake machines. And you used like the cellar room as right. like the place where you know Doctor Fraser sat. Um, the old capped well. I mean, yes, was, exactly. It, was, it wasn't much of anything. Although that's one of the few times we've actually shot that part of the basement. That's true. Uh, it's usually always the other direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what is? What do you think? Um, because we're we're down to five minutes here on tape, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. What do you think the Phantom Lake kids need to do? Since we have to, we're gonna be making four more movies, right? <laughs> or we have to make four, three because yeah, we gotta have five. <laughs> we gotta have five to be the full Phantom Lake kids here. No, but why five? Okay, Just five. Six there. is such a better number. <laughs> six is a better number. Four more movies. Where would you like to see it go? We'll see eventually when we look back on this interview if any of these things come to pass. Go. Alice, right. get in here. Back in time. Get in here, Alice. It's pitch time. Okay. Alice is in the we gotta room go. here. We gotta He's go. dropping. Oh, back in time. Alice, Alice come in between us. Yeah, come in. Just, mm-hmm. just, all right. We gotta Alice, see ma'am, as you know, as Evelyn, she was already interviewed. But, <laughs> but she's, she's going to get in. Pitch time. Just throw out your best idea. Go, Elliot. Oh, my best idea for a pitch? Just um, pitch a pitch a movie. The Family um, Kids do what? The Family Kids have to deal with... Oh, we did aliens. Um, giant monsters who want to eat everyone. Okay. Alice, <laughs> pitch. Um, we all turn small, and we have to... So honey I, shrunk yeah. the, honey, I shrunk the Phantom Lake kids. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. I actually like that one. Granted, I oh, think we need to go hard. back in time to mess with ourselves so that something bad doesn't happen in the future. So we finally do a time travel one? Yes. Yeah, I think all three of these could be the same movie. Because if, we <laughs> if we were small, there's going to be big things wanting to eat us. Mm-hmm. Or like and we go, there can be time travel. We don't just time travel. We go to different universe. And in one so of like, time's kind of different. 
<laughs> okay, cool. Like we accidentally. Go, All right, so then you know. So we only got one more movie. Then I mean, I thought we were gonna do four more. Come on, man, pitch. Um, more. Do it. We got three minutes the left. Shrinky Dink family. Phantom like kids. Um, time travel. I mean, we gotta do one about David's hat. Yeah, there's there's we pitched, we gotta we delve pitched deeper that. in there. Right, right, there's right. the whole that story before that. It. Um, we got a, something about evil pumpkins or potatoes <laughs> or something. Some evil crop. <laughs> evil crop. Yeah. Well, um, we live in a farming like district, farm yeah. town. I mean, yeah. your your parent, your dad's a farmer. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're all farmers. farmers. See, because that's all oh, based I thought on you're talking your about my dad. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all based on. Uh, my my grandfather, your great grandfather, yeah, uh, Stan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone called him Bud. Uh, <laughs> I've decided Butch has a dad. His name's got to be Bud. Butch and that Bud. Makes, that uh, perfect. Uh, and his mom's got to be named B. Bud, B, and Butch. Um, <laughs> I like it. There, you know, he was a he was a potato farmer, a rather successful one. His name was Stan Johnson, so that's where it all came from. Yeah, is you know, you guys are. Oh, yeah, our dad is literally named Stan. Stan Johnson, right? It's all family names. Mm-hmm. Family so, or, or pop culture. Okay. All right, so you guys yeah. got sixty seconds to come up with the uh, the best movie, the penultimate. Ever. Just, movie. just go. Um. All right, I'm we're really stuck on there's this. A, there's a spaceship. There's dinosaurs. <laughs> and there's lasers. I'm okay with this idea. Laser sores. Okay. <laughs> Dinosaur laser fight. Attack of the yeah. laser sores. <laughs> We'll All right, we so, have to have like a f- like a big fight in one movie, mm-hmm. yeah. like Endgame style or bigger. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you turn into dust kind of thing. No, or? no, like everyone like a fight in those Billy old Blue, movies. I don't feel so like good. A bar, like, That's awful. Like a, That's awful. Kind of like a bar bar fight, like in those old movies. Oh, like gotcha. a bar fight. Uh, yeah, I like we're gonna be barfing on each other. No, not that. <laughs> On that note, we got less than a minute here on our <laughs> card, so we're going to wrap it up. Thank you guys so much. Uh, make sure you guys check out The Unseen Invasion. Uh, say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having us as well. Yeah, thank you for interviewing your, thank you your for own kids. Yeah, bringing your me son in and, and I like, I got in here again. <laughs> your Boom! son, your daughter, and your sort of son. Yeah, basically. I've lived my, here for a my, few months. Yeah, my, few my surrogate child. Uh, so, yeah, Unseen Invasion, December 23rd. Watch it. Enjoy it. And if you have any good pitches, what? let me know. What? <laughs> She's going to fight. He's going to fight. She's going to barf on you. All right. Show barf. <laughs> Talk to you later, guys. Say bye. Adios. Bye. Okay, so that was that. That was the interview. Now, we're going to start something that uh, hopefully shall continue for quite a while. It is called Atomic Tales. And these are written by Stephen D. Sullivan. Again, he wrote The Canoe Cops vs. The Mummy, which is a cool book you can find on Amazon. You should go there, check it out, pick up a copy. But for now, Atomic Tales. If you remember not too long ago, I used to read a different chapter of The Canoe Cops vs. The Mummy with every episode of the audio cast. And eventually, once it got finished, we published it. I say we. Steve published it. And I don't know if he has many plans for publishing this eventually or what, but it's good stuff. Let's just say that. It fits very well with the Mimiverse, and I think you're going to like it. So, it'll be a little bit like a radio play, but I'm not going nuts with it. I'm mostly just going to read it. I think it'd be cool to 
do more of a radio play thing, but these aren't necessarily written like radio plays. They're written more like just short stories, but there is a bit of a narration intro and outro. After this, I'm going to try and get other people, other actors in the Mimiverse, maybe, to read the stories themselves. We'll see how that turns out. Sometimes it's hard to get people to get their stuff together. And honestly, sometimes I'm behind the eight ball on when some of this stuff gets released. So I do the best I can, but usually I'm playing catch up. So we'll see. It may just be me reading stuff. This month, it's just going to be me reading stuff. So we'll go from there. Here we go. Stephen D. Sullivan and St. Euphoria present... Atomic Tales! Stories of science, mystery, and excitement. This episode features the latest adventure in our fantastic original series, Strange Invaders. Tonight's tale takes place near the beginning of this uncanny invasion in a story we call a scientific problem. Join us now as we present another in a continuing series of Atomic Tales! Cube square law be damned. I was staring down the mandibles of a 15-foot-long ant and in no mood to argue about science. I drew my automatic and fired off a couple of shots as I ran. Naturally, that did about as much good as uncorking a pop gun at it. The ant crawled over the top of the dune, its gray-black form almost invisible under the star-filled Arizona sky. If not for the headlights of my car, which I'd left on when I parked on the side of the highway, I'd have never seen the thing coming. Last time I stopped to relieve myself in an out-of-the-way spot while on an investigation. Remembering a movie I'd seen as a kid, I aimed my next shots at the beast's antenna and managed to hit one of the vulnerable areas in between the joints. I'd say it was a lucky strike, but three years in the service and five in the bureau had more to do with it than random chance. I may not be much of a scientist, but I do know how to shoot a gun. Disabling one antenna confused the beast, and it seemed to lose track of me for a moment. That gave me the precious time I needed to sprint for the car. The bug regained its senses and honed in once more, scenting me in the air, seeing me with its huge compound eyes. I don't know which, and I didn't really care. The point was, it was after me again, and, training or no, I was woefully unprepared to face an ant the size of a Studebaker. No flamethrowers, no bazookas, not even a Tommy gun in my trunk. How can an ant be as big as my sedan? Professor Tarragon explained it to me once. The size of these things has to do with adaptive mutation. No, giant bugs cannot be constructed the same way as your everyday pest. Their exoskeletons just don't scale up to support their weight, nor do their other systems. You could, however, easily fashion a replica of such a monster out of steel and other modern materials. Basically, that's what the bug's biology has done. Who knows what kind of stimulus would cause such a freakish and unlikely set of mutations? Well, Professor Tarragon probably does, but that's beside the point. The point is the giant insects are here, scattered throughout the U.S., and they're built like living tanks. I just didn't expect to find one while I was taking a whiz by the side of the road in the middle of nowhere, Arizona. Damn atomic testing. Obviously, we needed to expand the parameters of our investigation and call in the Marines. 
I reached my car with the bug a scant hundred yards behind. I rammed the Studebaker into gear. The transmission crunched and the tire squealed as I popped the clutch. I pounded the gas pedal all the way to the floor. The sedan shot forward, down the highway, across the shoulder, right at the giant bug. The ant kept coming, hurling straight for my onrushing vehicle. I felt like I was playing a nightmare version of chicken. They're not scared of anything, these bastards. I ran the ant with all the speed my six cylinders could muster. The front of the car folded up like tinfoil, but I cut the thing's legs out from under it like a star quarterback throwing a front-page tackle. Armored or no, the ant's legs were still its weak spot. The bug crumpled, spraying acrid smelling vital fluids into the air. Half of the monster fell atop the sedan. The thing's head cracked open from the impact, but its carcass still crushed the Studebaker's passenger side roof almost to the top of the front bench seat. I'd like to think that I avoided being killed because of good aim and fast reflexes, but mostly it was sheer luck and solid construction by the automaker's South Bend assembly line. Thanks, Studebaker. They don't call this model champion for nothing. The ant's huge jaws kept snapping, looking for prey for a full five minutes after it died. Those were long, anxious moments, let me tell you. The car's passenger compartment had crumpled around me but left me intact. I could even open the driver's side door to get out, if I'd wanted to. As it was, I thought of the better part of Valor to stay in the sedan and call for reinforcements. I had a hell of a time reaching the two-way radio, though. It was located on the passenger side. Took me at least 15 minutes to dig out the handset. Fortunately, the electronics survived the crash. One ant down, one problem licked. God only knew how many more out there waiting to plague me, the Bureau, and the rest of the world. For all I knew, there were more of them lurking in the desert hills, watching me at that very moment. That's what we in the Bureau call job security. So I sat in the remains of the car and waited for backup. I also waited to finish taking that whiz. At least, now, I had plenty of time to zip up. And I'm sure at this very moment, right this instant, some smart-ass scientist is writing up some paper telling me how everything I just went through is physically impossible according to the Q-square law and half a dozen other scientific principles I've never heard of. All I have to say to that wise guy is this. Take it up with Professor Tarragon. Or, better yet, take it up with the ants. This has been an original story of Strange Invaders, part of our ongoing series of Atomic Tales, brought to you by St. Euphoria Productions. Tonight's episode, A Scientific Problem, was written by Stephen D. Sullivan. It was produced and edited by Christopher R. Mim and read by Christopher R. Mim. Be sure to tune in next month for more Atomic Tales. Visit us at www.atomictales.com. Please support the films of Christopher R. Milne by visiting SaintEuphoria.com and the work of Stephen D. Sullivan via his Patreon at PaySteve.com. All elements of this episode are copyright 2020 by their creators and may not be reproduced or reused without permission. Atomic Tales and Strange Invaders are trademarks of Stephen D. Sullivan, all rights reserved. This is the Saint Euphoria Audiocast Network. So that's it for this month. This has been a bit of a long episode, but... You know, a lot of great content to keep you busy and keep you distracted while we wait for the world to get better. And for the soon-to-be-released Family Kids and the Unseen Invasion. But wait, there's more! Yes, there is one more thing. Don't forget, it is that holiday season now. So we have Mimiverse 2021 calendars available. 
You should pre-order yours at SaintEuphoria.com. They will be coming out soon. And we have the cool new 2020 Mimiverse Holiday Ornament. This year, for the 10th anniversary of Destination Outer Space, we have an Oculon. So check that out at SaintEuphoria.com or check out the November 2020 Mimiverse Monthly Newsletter. Okay, I'll let you go. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, as I always say, be good. But if you can't do that, be good at it. Bye.